Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from my midweek service with Pastor Isaac Roman in a message about the faithfulness of God. Enjoy this message. Well, amen. I'm going to ask if you would just lift your hands right where you're at. Come on, just lift your hands. Begin to thank God. Begin to praise Him. Come on, Father, we just thank you, Lord, in this moment. Father, in this very moment, we acknowledge you. Lord, we know that nothing happens without your sovereign presence. Nothing happens without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray tonight, Father, that you would be with us. Father, I pray that you would illuminate our hearts and our minds by your word. Help us, God. Give us fresh revelation. We honor you. We thank you. Come on, give God a big praise. Amen. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. You're welcome to be seated. Thank you so much. I feel like this thing is popping, so if we need to change, we, we could do that. All right, am I all right? Okay, all right. Yeah, maybe not. So I, I uh, first of all, I want to I thank uh, our pastors, acknowledge our pastors, Pastor Omar, Sister Letty. Uh, how many of you appreciate, love our pastors? Me and my wife, uh, our family, we love them so much. Our spiritual uh, parents and uh, appreciate uh, appreciate their their confidence in us and uh, their belief in us, uh, um, but it's good to be in the house of the Lord. I also, I want to I want to acknowledge. Are we switching? There we go. Okay, much much better. I'm gonna leave the Britney Spears thing on. I guess I'm already I'm already in it. So, uh, but I, I do I want to acknowledge uh, the leadership the leadership team here at Reach Paramount. Uh, just phenomenal people. Uh, my dear friends, uh, people of integrity, people of character, uh, people of anointing, and people of the word, and so uh, all of our connect group leaders and those that lead teams, uh, I, we appreciate you so much. And so, come on, give all of our leadership a big hand. I love them so much, and relationships are so important. Um, I, I want to tell you uh, tonight. I, I couldn't come up with a, t- a catchy theme uh, or name for my for my message, but I I have some truth for you that God is faithful. That is the name of of my message tonight. That God is faithful. I say God is faithful. Has God been faithful to you? You guys don't. You guys are not really uh, convincing me here, but it's okay. I I I, I want to tell you. So I, I was uh, the Lord put on my heart on Monday put uh, a specific friend of ours uh, on my heart and um, and the Lord asked me to pray and uh, and I did that and I, I say that um, not to not to say that you know not to toot my horn that I was obedient to God but I say that because uh, quite honestly God puts people on my heart often and I unfortunately uh, I'm not always so quick to be obedient how many of you have, have had that where God or the Holy Spirit will flash someone into your spirit and uh, I just give you insight to pray and we don't necessarily do that all the time but this time I was obedient and uh, and, and I prayed Prayed for, I prayed for our friend. I knew that uh, he and his family were going through some difficult things, and, and it, was, it was really a complex situation, and so the Lord put, put him on my heart to pray, and so I prayed with him, and then, uh, then I reached out to him, and I let him know, hey, we're praying for you, me and my wife, we love you guys, we're praying for you, and we're just trusting God uh, to, to, that his will would be done uh, in, in their life and in their church and, and all of that, and so we missed each other. He, uh, he responded to me. 
uh, in a voice, uh, a voice message, and uh, he, he, you know, just acknowledged and thanked me for thinking of him and praying for him. Again, our relationships are so important. Um, but he said something to me that, that just hit me upside my head, and, and it wasn't a great revelation, uh, but he said that God is faithful. And when he said that, it just kind of, it just kind of resonated with me. Anybody ever heard something that you just kind of hear all the time, but in a moment, in a situation, it just kind of hits different? Uh, and so it just hit me different. And I began to think uh, about uh, the context of what he's telling me and declaring the faithfulness of God over his situation. I know the dire situation. I know the great miracle that's needed to be done. Uh, and for him to declare that God is faithful, it encouraged my faith uh, in that moment. And so uh, I'm, I want to tell you today uh, that God is faithful. And you may be in a situation, look, you, you, I, I understand that there's a lot of different uh, situations that surround each and every one of us. You may hear, be here today and you may say, God has blessed me. God has been faithful to me. God is working things out that I, I, I had no idea that he was going to work it out the way that he did. But he's doing it right now and I'm absolutely blessed. There may be others that are here tonight and you say, I'm just believing God. I mean, I, I just barely made it here tonight. Uh, I'm in a situation and I need God to do something. Anybody here like that tonight. Um, amen. And, but I, I want to tell you that, that God is faithful. And I, I think about uh, the character of God and the nature of God and my experiences personally in my life where, where God has been faithful time and time and time again. The Bible says that God is faithful to the ages. And, and what that means is that from generation to generation, God is faithful. I was thinking about my grandmother. My grandmother passed in uh, November 2020. And uh, I was thinking about her. Obviously, uh, Mother's Day just passed but my grandmother passed uh, in November 2020. And uh, this was a woman that uh, had, a, had a tough life. She grew up uh, in the South Bronx in New York. And uh, she, she got married when she was 14 and left the house and, and had, uh, had kids and, and had a life and all of that stuff. But she, she found the Lord and, uh, and, and it established something within my family lineage, my heritage, uh, that, 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 we were, that we were going to serve God. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that we were perfect, but it meant that we had this hope and this faith that was kind of generational. And uh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about my parents. Those of you, you, you know that I've lost my parents. My, my dad just last year uh, in, in March and, and uh, tragic. Uh, but I was thinking about that generational blessing and how God has been faithful to the generations. Uh, and then I think about my children. I, and I, I was doing a little bit of math, and I realized that uh, my, my children are a fourth-generation Christian. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm proud of that. And uh, I think it's important for, uh, for maybe some teenagers that are here, some youth, understanding that you're walking in the blessing of your parents, grandparents, those that have sacrificed and suffered and, uh, and have paid the cost for, for us to walk in our blessings. But God is faithful uh, to generation to generation. Uh, so I've been in a study on the Pentateuch, and that is the first five books of the Bible. And uh, because I've been in that study, uh, you guys are going to learn a little bit something here. Maybe uh, you know it already, but maybe you'll get a little bit of revelation here this morning um, or this evening. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be talking about Abraham tonight, and we're going to draw some some things from Abraham. We're going to talk about the patriarchs, and uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to try to keep this as as uh, concise as I possibly can. But uh, one of the things that that we have to realize is that there's a practical purpose uh, to Genesis. Now, uh, those of you that may not know this, Moses is the one. Uh, that wrote Genesis, and Genesis was written to humanity, to you and I, uh, so, so that uh, it would encourage us 
to trust and obey God. Turn to someone and say, trust and obey God. See, this is very simple. It's, it's like, well, Pastor Isaac, yeah, you know, get to the good part. But this is it. I mean, this is really the crux of Christianity that we would trust, we would have confidence in God, and that we would obey His Word. I just told you there's times where I have disobedience in my life where the Holy Spirit quickens me to do something, to say something, and I fail to do that. Anybody else ever, ever have that experience? And so Genesis, the practical purpose of it was so that humanity would understand that we'd be encouraged to trust and obey God. See, Moses wanted to prepare the Israelites for the future by reminding them of the past. And so he's telling the Israelites, hey, these things are going to be happening. Uh, There's going to be slavery. There's going to be all these things that are happening. But God is trustworthy. God has been faithful. God is able to do all of these things. And so just for, uh, just like the Israelites, you and I could draw hope from this is that what God has done in the past, God will do it again. And if God has been faithful to you in the past, God has come through in a situation in the past, God will do it again. See, it's the purpose, it's the very purpose uh, for, for, us, for us today. Uh, so, so God, uh, so uh, one of Moses' main points in Genesis was that the same God who created Israel had created the entire universe. And His Word, God's Word, was the key instrument in creating both of these things. So as He had brought, brought order, fullness, and rest to the material world, so He could do for each and every one of us, His chosen people, See, he's sovereign over the universe. He's, he's the, the universe's ultimate authority. Therefore, you and I should trust and obey God. So it's not a blind trust. It's not like I, I, like I hope. It, it, it's, it's not that. It's a confidence that God is able to do what he says he's able to do. And so the book of Genesis introduces us to the very nature of God as sovereign Lord over the universe uh, and ultimately that he's going to establish his will on earth. And I'm saying all of this to build confidence that whatever God has said that he's going to do in your life, maybe in your situation, maybe in your family, whatever that is, that God will ultimately fulfill his will. And so he, he's seeking to bless each and every one of us, humanity, just like the Israelites. But he doesn't tolerate disobedience and unbelief. In fact, we learn that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I like what one man, uh, one man summarized the Bible by saying that the Old Testament is a, revela- a revelation of human need. And the New Testament is a revelation of the divine supply that meets that need. How many of you know that's Jesus? Jesus, Jesus supplies the need that each and every one of us have in being in right standing with God. And so the message of the Pentateuch uh, can be stated like this. People, you and I, can experience God's blessing by trusting Him and by obeying His Word. And so we can enjoy a personal relationship, you and I, a personal relationship with God and realize our own fulfillment as human beings only through trust and obedience in God. How many of us could do a better job in trusting God? How many of us could do a better job in being obedient to God? 
This is the only way that we'll realize our, our, our fulfillment in who Christ has called us to be, who Christ has designed us to be, and that we would trust and obey God. So the last thing is that Genesis reveals that God is faithful to His promises, not only faithful to His promises, but He's powerful enough to bring them to fulfillment. I think someone needs to hear that tonight, that, that not only is God faithful to His promises, what He said He was going to do, He's going to do it, okay? But not only that, that He is able to do what He said He's going to do. He's powerful enough to do what He said He's going to do. Now, many of you are going to nod your head and say, yeah, that's right, but we're full of worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety means that we don't necessarily have faith that God can do what he said he's going to do. So let's look at Abraham's life. Um, I'm going to stay mostly with Abraham, but we'll look a little bit at the patriarchs. I'm going to go quickly, um, but, but this, is, this is a challenge. And as I was reading the life of Abraham, uh, I'll tell you that it began to challenge the way that I think. Uh, each and every one of us, we like control. How many of you like control? You like to control your situation. Maybe you work extra hard to make sure that you can shore up all of those loose ends and make sure that everything is in, in order. Anybody else like that in, in the room? See, Abraham, like, his life just flips that upside down on its head. And so Abraham chose to chart his life by faith. And Abraham stepped out in this journey with God and understanding, not understanding that this journey would not only change his life, but change the generations to come. This, I, I was thinking about uh, those that have gone before me and my family and how the decisions that they've made, and Pastor Omar is going to be preaching on this on, on Sunday, but how the decisions that they made have really dictated even the, the trajectory of my life and generations to come. And so Abraham was doing this. And so this is my question to you. Does your faith, your current faith today, does your faith inspire you to live beyond your comfort zone? See, the challenge is many of us are, are really comfortable right now. You, you got it all worked out. You have, uh, you've, you, you've worked every angle and you've set yourself up. And now you're just kind of going through the motions. Anybody ever feel like they're just going through the motions sometimes? See, we're, we're operating in this, in this comfort zone. Here's a couple of examples in case uh, you, need, you need help identifying it. Um, you only have experiences that you're confident that you could handle. So you never really stretch. You never really kind of step out in anything. You just kind of stay kind of in this safe zone. Um, you, you only go to places and people that you're totally secure with or comfortable with. You, you don't, you don't, you know, stretch out. You don't reach out to new people. You're not, uh, you're not looking for new opportunities. Um, here's another one is that you take on responsibilities that can only make you look good. How many of you like calculate, like if there's something, someone asks of you to do it and you're like, well, that's not really my strong point, so I'm not going to do that. But if there's something that you're really good at, you step right in like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Uh, and, and, and you can shine uh, right there. See, uh, this, these are examples of our comfort zone. And, and Abraham stretches our thinking, stretches our lifestyle, our decisions in this regard. Uh, I heard one man say, the comfort zone is nothing else but a graveyard for your dreams and ideas. How many of you have a dream? How many of you, God has given you a dream. God has given you an idea. 
And you'll never achieve that if you stay in this comfort zone. So comfort zones, they could be tough to break out of, okay? Um, and by looking at Abraham's life and his example, we can learn what kind of faith is necessary to live this life that God has called us to live. Uh, there was a, there's an author by the name of Brene Brown, uh, and uh, it's it, kind of leadership books and interpersonal communication and skills. I would recommend that you read any one of her books. They're, they're awesome. But she says this as it relates to our comfort. She says, you can choose courage or you could choose comfort. You can't have both. You could choose courage or you could choose comfort, but you can't have both. So let me ask you this question. When's the last time your faith has put you in a situation where you're uncomfortable? Just think about that. When's the last time you, in your day-to-day, that, that your faith, your convictions, put you in a place that you're uncomfortable? You just weren't unsure. You were just unsure. Uh, God spoke to you and said, hey, why don't you pray for this person? Or why don't you share your faith with that coworker? Or why don't you, why, why don't you speak up uh, in this family discussion and bring order to it and bring the peace of God to it? How many, when's the last time that your faith has put you in, a, in an uncomfortable situation where you had to stand up for your convictions? See, by the answer to that, you'll have some insight as to what kind of life or what kind of level of faith that you're leading in this life. So three things that I want to explore out of Abraham's life, okay? The first thing is this, and it's a question, will you live by faith or will you live by fear? Will you live by faith or will you live by fear? The second thing is this, and this is kind of uh, uh, um, uh, kind of a tagline that we, we use a lot, but trust the process. Now, I have a little bit of a bookend to that, is this, is that the journey is what shapes us. The journey is what shapes us. So you have to trust the process. And the last thing is that uh, we have to fix our focus on the promises of God. Sometimes we get this kind of messed up and we miss and, and, and we lose sight of the promises that God has given to each and every one of us. So the first thing is my question, will you live by faith or by fear? Hebrews eleven eight says, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And so Abraham is known as the father of faith. Uh, and, and, and why is that? It's because Abraham set the course of his life by choosing faith over fear and setting an example for each and every one of us to follow. It says that, that God told Abraham to go to a place that he had no idea what it was going to be like or where he was going. And what did he do in that moment? He went. And so God asked Abraham to go on a journey with him a journey that would lead him to his destiny, promising his, uh, his, na- his name would be great, uh, that, he would, uh, that he would make him into a great nation, that he would bless all the peoples on earth through him. This is in Genesis 12, 2 and 3. Uh, the Bible says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. How many of you, how many of you want that kind of a blessing? Like, my goodness, okay, Lord, sign me up for that. It's interesting that God gives him this, 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 uh, this promise, 
this blessing before he calls him to do, uh, to, to walk out in this journey. And so Abraham didn't know where he was going. He had no idea what the experiences would be like. He didn't know how he was going to get wherever it is that, wherever it is that he was going to. He had no idea how long it was going to take. He had no idea what his life was going to be like when he actually arrived to it. Having nothing but the promise of God, Abraham stepped out in faith. Now, I'm wondering tonight, what is God calling you to do? What, what, what has God called you to do? What are you fighting against tonight that God has said uh, that I'm going to bless you, uh, that I'm going to make your path straight, all of these promises that we have, and we're, we're, just, we're just kind of uh, playing it safe a little bit. And we're not stepping out to do what God has called us to do. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty, the confidence that what we hope for is waiting for us even though we cannot see it up ahead. And so what is it that God's calling you to have faith for tonight? What is it that God is speaking into the situation that you're facing tonight, that you're struggling with your faith, that really fear is starting to grip? God, are you ever going to do this? God, you said this, but the situation gets worse. You said that this was going to happen, but I, I see no path. There's no way for this to happen. It's the certainty that we hope for. It is the certainty that we hope for uh, is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. And so it's hard to live by faith. Faith is the certainty of something that we don't have yet. And this assaults all of our logic. How can I have faith? How can I be hopeful for something that I can't see? I can't touch it. I don't know how it's all going to come about. And so instead of charting my course by faith, each and every one of us would rather use our human wisdom and experience, our human effort to control our life and to protect ourselves from failure, discomfort, and looking bad. So what we do, it's our natural instinct. And so for me, myself, I spend a lot of mental energy and effort controlling the things that I can control. Anybody with me? I, I was I was in a uh, I was in a training and we did this uh, we we did this like assessment like behavioral assessment right and uh, I came back as like a control freak that uh, I calculate everything and that I mitigate all risks and and, and all of these things uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's too different from a lot of people here in this room tonight and 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 really this is this is the problem that uh, that that a lot of us suffer with. And that our dominant focus is on control. We want to control everything. We want to have an answer for everything. Before I step out in this thing, I want to make sure that there's a safety net there. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the belief that we can control our lives or our circumstances is an illusion. You're, you're delusional if you think that you can control your life. The moment that you think you can control your life, God will turn it upside down. Anybody ever experienced that? So this is an illusion. It often leads us to anxiety and insecurity and ultimately fear. The very thing we're trying to control. And so I ask you, how, how important is it for you to be in control? 
Any control freaks in, in the room? Okay, all right. Self-admittedly, all right. Any control freaks in the room? You got to ask God to help me with this. So let me ask you this. What fears are you allowing yourself to believe that's blocking your progress towards this life of faith? What are the fears that are, are before you? Those things that, that God, is, God has told you to step out in this situation, uh, but you find every excuse not to do that. Anybody ever do that? So th this is kind of what it sounds like. It sounds like I've never done that before, and I don't know how to do it. We, we want to change that thinking to, to this language. Next time you hear that in your mind or you hear that in your heart, that fear grips you, you want to say, uh, this is an opportunity for me to learn something new. Pastor Omar talked about this the, the other, uh, some time ago about failing forward, being comfortable with failing and trying new things and learning from them. Uh, another thing that we say often is that it's just too complicated. I, I'm, just, I'm just not into that. I, I, I don't really understand that. Uh, the, the next time that, that fear comes against you, I want you to say that uh, I can do this. That I'm going to tackle this from a different angle. I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm going uh, uh, to be innovative. And, and God has given me creativity to be able to do this thing. Another, uh, uh, another uh, kind of excuse that we put up and this fear that kind of blocks us is that uh, I, we don't have the resources to do what God is calling us to do. How many of you ever, ever feel like you're inadequate, like you don't have what it takes to do whatever God, am I the only one in the room? Many of us. Uh, I don't have the resources. I don't have the education. I don't have the background. I don't have the support system, whatever that is. I'm here to tell you that necessity is the mother of invention. And what that means is that uh, whatever it is, uh, we get very, very creative uh, when we really want to do something. It, 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 is that right? When, when you want to get something done, when you want to do something and you don't have it all, uh, you, we become very, very creative in that moment. And so we need to, turn, we need to change the way that we think. We need to change the way that, uh, that, that we process things and we need to begin to choose faith over fear. God, is, God has enabled you. God has put things in you that you're able to accomplish the things that God has put, put in your life for you to accomplish. And so setting a course of faith uh, can help us to learn uh, to allow influence in our life without being afraid. Ultimately, trusting in God is a decision that will never fail you. I'm going to say that again. Trusting in God is a decision that will never fail you. Anxiety and insecurity. So these are, these are things that absolutely kill relationships. I believe that relationships, godly relationships, the friendships that you have here. I think about our connect groups and our small groups, our, uh, our, our reach youth and even uh, reach kids. All of these different relationships that we have are super important for us to ultimately fulfill what God is trying to do here on earth. Would you, would you agree with that? That your relationships, I think about friendships in my life and I wonder where would I be? I, I talked to you uh, before I even got started here and I think about my pastors and, and the relationship and the friendship that I have with them, that, they are, that it's life-giving, that they speak life into my situation. And so relationships are so important and we need to value each, each other. And, and insecurity and anxiety will kill these things. It's difficult to think of others when you're insecure and you're anxious, your, your mind is just gripped with self-consumed thoughts. You can't think of anybody else. All you can think about is your own anxiety, your own fears, your own insecurity. 
Anxiety and insecurity drive unhealthy, emotional-driven decision-making. How many of you have ever made a bad decision in a moment of um, high emotion or a moment of insecurity or anxiety? Anybody ever make a bad decision in that situation? It kills relationships. And the last thing, and I'm, I'm, maybe I'm going to help some people here. Uh, maybe... Maybe you don't have a lot of people that are around you, uh, or, or maybe, maybe you feel like people sometimes avoid you. Uh, see, anxiety and insecurity make others anxious and insecure as well. They, they, don't like what, they, they don't like being around you because you're just always in fear about something. It's just not welcoming uh, in that situation. And so uh, fear and anxiety, uh, insecurity, all of these things kill relationships and ultimately it's allowing our lives to be controlled by fear instead of faith how many of us are going to choose to live a life of faith instead of fear tonight some of you will so a life driven by faith is not controlled by fear let me ask you man of god will you choose faith or fear let me ask you woman of god are you choosing faith or fear in your situation? Faith. Come on. Ladies, women of God. That's it. Husband, wife. Are you choosing faith or fear or insecurity or anxiety in your relationship? Mom and dad, are you choosing faith or fear in your children's life? Come on. That's it. That's it. The next thing is that we have to trust the process. Tell your neighbor, say, trust the process. Yeah. Tell your next neighbor, tell him this. Tell him, say, the journey's building character. The journey's building character. How many of you guys are going through, how many of you guys feel like you're in the wilderness tonight? Come on, like, I'm looking for something. I'm here to tell you that the journey is building character in your life. It's stretching you. It's making you better. Hebrews 11.8 in the Message Bible says this, By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call to travel to an unknown place that would become his home. When he left, he had no idea where he was going, and by an act of faith, he lived in the country promised him. He lived as a stranger camping in tents. Isaac and Jacob did the same, living under the same promise. Abraham did it by keeping his eye on an unseen city, with real eternal foundations, the city designed and built by God. When I, when I read this text, I, I, thought about, I thought about this. It talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations. Pastor Omar preached about this. We had a whole conference about the bridge. But I was thinking about this. I took it even a little bit further. And we've been talking about really this legacy and heritage of faith. Uh, but, but I realized that, yes, Abraham is a man of faith, but how is it that he was able to do it so seamlessly? Uh, it, it seems like every time God came to Abraham and told him to do something, he was like, all right, let's do this. And I was wondering, where, where does that come from? Because I, I struggle, today I struggle in living by that kind of a faith. And I realized that, see, this is nothing new to this family, if you go back and, and you read the story of Noah, you understand that God told Noah to build an ark when there was no rain for a hundred years after he started building that ark. 
And so it's this radical faith, it's this radical obedience that is kind of a legacy in this life that has trickled down now from generation to generation. How many of you are encouraged by that? And so listen to this. Life is a journey. It's not a destination. And, uh, uh, and it, this is illustrated in Abraham's life is that he journeyed many years on his way to his inheritance. This is what happened is that God came to him and said, I'm going to give you this blessing, this inheritance. And then he sent him on a journey, a wandering, uh, no real direction. He just said, here's your promise. Now go over here. And Abraham just went. He journeyed many years on his way to his inheritance. Although God could fulfill his destiny any location, at any place, God allowed Abraham to journey. Why is that? Why did God allow Abraham to journey? God, as soon as he gave that promise, uh, he could have just fulfilled that promise right then and there. Why did he cause Abraham to go on this journey? It was during the journey that Abraham built this relationship with God. It was during this journey that it, it would be ensuring that he would have the heart and the character and the spirituality and the stability in his faith that he would be able to appreciate, not only appreciate, how many of you appreciate the blessing of God? Yeah, it's easy to appreciate that, but to hold on to it, to sustain it from generation to generation. How many of you have given your kids something that was slightly maybe expensive, maybe slightly a little bit too, too mature for them to have, uh, but they were, they were crying for it, they were begging for it, and you gave it to them, and what did they do? They broke it. Or if you're in the Roman household, they lost it. And so the journey here that, that God allowed Abraham to go through after he told him that I'm going to bless you, after, uh, after he's given him this, this, this inheritance, this journey was so Abraham could build a relationship with God and that ultimately it would be ensuring that he would have the heart, character, spirituality, stability to not only appreciate it but to hold on to this inheritance from generation to generation. Amos 3.3 says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so. And so this, in this journey, in this walking, in this wandering, they're forging this relationship of confidence and trust and hope. And I, I believe tonight that even in our journey today, again, you may be in a great place. God may be blessing you. You may be walking in the favor of God. Or you may be wandering aimlessly, feeling a little bit like Abraham, like, okay, God, uh, I, I hear your promise, but where, where are you going? I'm here to tell you that in that journey, in that walking, in that going, God is building character in you. Don't give up. And so the journey is the avenue in which we discover and work out our differences with God. Anybody ever have to work out your differences with God? Like, God, look, hold on. We, we got we to talk about this here because this is not really working out for me. Your timing is horrible. The situation is bad. Uh, we we got to work these things out. Anybody ever have those kind of conversations with the Lord? It's a time where we become aware of the convictions we need to develop. Our discipline, our spiritual disciplines. It, it exposes the lack of trust and helps us to clarify our misperception of God. And so looking at the patriarchs real quick, Abraham's journey demonstrates unquestioning obedience. The word of the Lord came to Abraham and he went. 
without any hesitation, he just went. And so God revealed himself nine times. To, uh, I, I've studied this out. Uh, some people say nine times. Other people say 12 times. But there was these testings that came against Abraham. And, and every single one of these times, he had unquestioned obedience and just did whatever it is that God had called him to do. He had an impeccable history in trusting and obeying God. In Isaac's journey, we see this quality of like this passive acceptance of God's will. Now, I, I think about this all the way back to when Abraham was going to sacrifice Isaac. We know the story. Um, why is it that, that Isaac was just going with the flow? I mean, think about it. He was like laid out on the altar being tied down. And he was just being passive and accepting the will of God. I, I think there's something that we could draw from that and understanding that, uh, that, that we're not in control. Yeah. Is that we have to surrender to the will of God. We have to surrender to the plan of God and allow God to be God in our lives and not become, resent, uh, not become resentful, not become bitter, but be, uh, 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 be receiving and, and, and willing to surrender to ultimately the will of God. And this is what helps us build godly character. Jacob's journey, as we know, is one of conflict with God. He was fighting against God. How many of us, how many of us fight with God? And so Jacob fought with God until he realized his own limitations. And once he came to that place where he realized his own limitations, then he trusted God. And see, the story of Jacob is, is one that many of us could, 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 uh, could relate to. See, we, we wrestle with God. We wrestle with the things that God has allowed into our lives. I, I, I think about the loss that I've, I've experienced in my life, those that I love, and I wrestle with God as to why that is. How could you let bad things happen to good people? That's the question. How can you let bad things happen to good people? And we wrestle with God. We have a conflict with God until we realize that God just knows better. That God, that God is just working things out. We can't see it. We, we, we don't know the end. But we could trust God and we know that God is dependable. Joseph's journey. It's a great story. Joseph's journey teaches us what, it, what God can do with a person who trusts him consistently in the face of adversity. See, uh, Joseph believed God's, uh, God's two revel revelations to him in a dream. So here it is, much like Abraham, that, that Joseph gets this, this vision from God or this dream from God that he was going to be this great nation and that people were going to bow before him. And it's funny that, that God gave him this vision and then walked him all the way through from the pit to the prison to the palace. And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. As I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking that the journey really is a positioning. The, the journey positioned, uh, the, the journey positioned Joseph. In the pit, there was positioning. In the prison, there was positioning. All the way, so, to, all the, way to the point where he, he was in the palace and he was now managing. He was now able to, uh, his experiences had built character in him that he was able to manage diligently. And so I'm here to tell you that maybe your situation is a positioning for what God is going to do in your life. I, I, I heard one, one preacher say, say it this way regarding the patriarchs. 
that they have a common experience, and their common experience is that they're all graduates in the University of Adversity. I like that. They, they are all graduates of the, uh, from the University of Adversity. How many of you feel like you're a graduate from the University of Adversity? I mean, things have just consistently come against your life, and uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's a challenge. And so, uh, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about some of the courses in my life, these educational courses that the Lord has allowed in my life that I struggle with, and maybe uh, maybe it'll resonate with you. I think uh, one of one of the courses that I struggle with is this social social justice course. How many of you would say that life is not fair? Would you agree with that? That life is not fair. It just doesn't seem to be fair sometimes. And I'm I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged uh, in 1 Peter, the Bible says, for God is pleased, listen to this, God is pleased when conscious of his will, you and I patiently endure unjust treatment. How many of you feel like you've been unjustly treated? Of course you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong, but if you suffer for doing good, endure it patiently, and God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, here is your example, and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds you are healed. We struggle with this social justice course. The next one is pain assessment and management. This is one that I, I struggle with is pain assessment and management. In Hebrews eleven twenty four, it says, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share oppress oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasure of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. And so listen to this. God will never, God will never waste the pain. In your life, God will never waste the pain. Living for God is better for you. We, we say this oftentimes. It's not only the right thing, but living for God is better for each and every one of us. The, the, the next course is aeronautics and navigation. I, I, have a, I, have, I have trouble navigating. I have trouble with this course in my life and how to navigate this life, how to navigate situations. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, 13 says... These things have happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. That's you and I. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. I'll say that one more time. If you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. I'll say that again. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, He will also show you a way out so that you can endure. Tell your neighbor, trust the process. Tell your other neighbor, He's building character. He's building character in us. The last thing is this, and this is what I want to encourage you in, is that we would fix our focus on the promises of God. 
Just fix your focus on the promises of God. Now, I'm not a photographer, but I know that we have, uh, we, we have uh, um, uh, the, the cameras here. And sometimes if things get out of focus, you're not able to see clearly. And tonight I'm telling you to fix your focus, not on this world, not on your situation, not on your problem, but fix your focus and look directly at the promises of God on your life. What are the promises of God on our lives? Isaiah 40, 29 says that he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. How many of us sometimes we feel weak in this life? He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Another promise, Isaiah 43, 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. I'm going to say that one more time because I, I, I believe that there's people that are praying for something. Jesus said, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. We have to activate faith in our lives. Philippians 4, 6 Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Don't have fear. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Another promise in James 4 says, submit yourselves then to God. Surrender yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We got to fix our focus. We have to fix our focus on the promises of God. And so what is it that we can learn from Abraham's life? What we can learn is that he charted his course by faith. He chose faith over fear. It would have been really easy for him to say, nah, you know what? You know what, Lord? Uh, I, I'm, I don't have all the details yet. Once you got those things figured out, come back and give me your five-year plan, and I'm in. It's not what Abraham did. He decided to chart his course, his course by faith. And listen to this. At the end of his life, it was clear that he, he had made the right choice. Genesis 25, verse 8 in the Amplified Bible says, Then Abraham breathed his last, and he died at a good old age, an old man who was satisfied with life. And he was gathered to his people who had preceded him in death. And so here's, here's Abraham. All the way, if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter 11, and you see the first call of Abraham where God gives him the promise, and Abraham responds with a resounding yes, unquestioned faith, yes, God, I'll go. And as a result of that decision, that decision begat many other decisions that ultimately led him to chart out this journey in this life. Yes, there were times of struggle. Yes, there were even times of failure, as we know with, with Sarah and, uh, or with Hagar. There was times of failure, but he decided to just continue to trust God. That God said, God gave him a promise, and he was going to hold on to that, and he was going to see that all the way through. And a result of that, it says that he died at a good old age, an old man who was satisfied with life. This, that's how I want to go. I want to go satisfied knowing that I lived a life full of faith, that I was obedient to God, that I trusted God. That's the legacy and the heritage that I want to lay 
to the next generation, to my children, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. And so do me one, one last favor. Turn to your neighbor and tell them to fix their focus on the promises of God. What has God promised you tonight? What has God promised you in your life? What has God spoken to you in clarity? What has God spoken to you in your dreams, in your time of prayer? Fix your focus on those things. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here tonight and you can say, maybe you could, if you're honest with yourself, you could say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I am gripped by fear. I am absolutely gripped by fear. I, I have I have no direction. I, I, I can't see the finish line. I can't see how my situation will, will improve. I have, I have no hope. I, my faith is weak. I'm struggling with my faith. I'm here to tell you that the grace of God is here for you. See, we can't exhaust the grace and the mercy of God. In 1 John 4.18 it says, There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. And so I'm here to tell you tonight that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. And my first call tonight is for those that maybe you're, you're not walking with the Lord. And I'm, I'm talking about uh, this, this Abrahamic cov covenant, this blessing that God had established with Abraham that quite honestly you and I are walking in today. And you can sit, you're, you're sitting here today and, you're, and, and as I'm talking, you're, you're just, you're, you're reflecting on your own life and you're realizing, man, I'm not living this life that God has called me to live. In fact, I, I think I've lost my way. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I'm, I'm not walking with the Lord. The Lord is not sovereign. The Lord is not Lord of my life. I'm kind of living, doing my own thing, living for myself. If you're here tonight and you want to acknowledge that and say, you know, I need to get this right with the Lord, I want you to lift your hand. Come on. I, hands going up already. Hands going up all, all over the place. These are people getting their life right. These are people that are reflecting and saying, I, I can't go another day. I cannot go another minute. More hands that are going up. I can't go another minute living this way. Another hand go, going up. Anybody else? I just want to give more hands. I see more hands going up appreciate that appreciate your honesty you can put your hand down thank you so much this is the most important thing I, I i i talked about how genesis was establishing the desire that god had to have a right relationship with humanity with you and i and the lord is faithful to remove these things that hinder our relationships with the lord and so Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I, I've, I've walked with the Lord. I was walking with the Lord. I, I know what you're talking about. I know what it is to walk in the blessing. I know what it is to walk in a faith-filled life. But I've lost my way and I, I've turned my back on the Lord. I've, I've gone my own way. If, if you're here tonight and, and, and you could acknowledge that, I'm here to tell you that, that God is here to right your path, that the Good Shepherd is here to, to guide you back on to the right path. And so if you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Pastor Isaac, I've lost my way. I've walked with the Lord before, but I've turned my back on the Lord. I'm not, I'm not living for God right now. If that's you here tonight, I want you to lift your hand. Come on, just acknowledge that. More hands going up. More hands going up. Amen. Well, I believe there's grace here tonight. I believe there's mercy here tonight. I'm going to ask you if you would, those of you that lifted your hand, there was many of you. If you would just just look up at me just real quick, just just look up at me. I I, I seen those hands.
those in the back and over, over here yeah I'm going to ask you, a congregation, I'm going to ask if, if you would all stand together. And those of you that lifted your hand, I want you just to stand up and just get out of your seat and just meet me right here. Just come, get out of your seat and just, just come walk right down here. Yeah, you can just stand right here, just face me. Honest, honest hearts, honest hearts. God is good. God is merciful. God is gracious. Amen. Is there anybody else, anybody else out there, if you're, if you're out there and you say, you know what, I, I, I believe that, that that call is for me. I believe that the Holy Spirit is calling me. If, there, if there's anybody else out there, I, want, I just want to give a moment and just come, just, just get out of your seat. Just come and meet us, meet us here. This is the most important thing that we're going to do all night, that, that we're, we're, we're getting our lives right with the Lord. We're getting our hearts right with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to pray. I want to pray with I want to pray with, with all of you. I want to lead you guys in prayer. Uh, the prayer is not to me. It's not to, 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 to anybody. But the prayer is to the Lord that you're declaring some things to God tonight. So I'm going to say some words. I want you to repeat it. Uh, and, and, and just say, say it from your heart. Say, Father, forgive me for going the wrong way. For doing my own thing. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life right my wrong and I surrender my life to you in Jesus name we pray amen amen I'm going to ask the, the team if you guys would pray and minister to them and I, I, I just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit here tonight I, I want to talk to Christians here tonight and do this quickly is, is that I believe that uh, I believe that there's there's been words, prophetic words. There's been dreams. There's been uh, things and and confirmations that uh, that God has spoken to you. anybody anybody have that in their life? Yeah. And I I'm here. I'm confident in knowing that tonight maybe your focus has been shifted from that promise to your situation, or maybe your own career, maybe your own education, maybe something maybe something else I'm, I, I want to tell you tonight the Holy Spirit told me this is that, that God was going to really kind of sharpen really sharpen your focus on what it is that God had called you to do those things that you've kind of set aside maybe you feel like you know that was a long time ago it, it just I, I don't see that happening now I believe that God wants to kind of uh, reframe that for you and, 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 and fix that for you if you're here tonight and you say you know I need to fix my focus I need to I, I really need to focus on the promises that God has given me. I want you to get out of your seat and, and just come down here and just begin to pray. Come on, just get out of your seat. Come down here and pray. I believe that God is going to meet you. God is going to minister tonight. Come on, just get out of your seat. You've not gone too far. You've not missed it. Time has not passed. In fact, in fact, the journey is positioning you. The situation that you're facing even right now is positioning you and setting you up for what God has for you. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.